This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 9 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make the show possible. Our sponsor this week is Biostar US. Tigger Montague. And this is Patty Perucci. And you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. And our producer Jennifer is here. Woo-hoo! Hey Jennifer. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I can't wait for another show. I know, me either. We've got a good one this time. Yeah, we do. Lots of good stuff. Lots of really good stuff. I, I'm finally at the Wellington saturation point. I have heard, I have heard actually a, a friend of uh, um, Jim Coferts was down there and saw you briefly. And I said, so how were they? And she said, they're both fried. <laughs> they're both, I think they look done. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah. I'm like an egg that's been uh, cooked at Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. A little bit too long. Speaking of that, it is National Pancake Day. It is? It is indeed. I should have told you that earlier. Maybe maybe you would have been happier all day long because it's National Pancake Day. I love pancakes. I thought everybody knew that. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know it was a thing. All I know is that IHOP was giving away pancakes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if I may interject, Glenn made an interesting comment this morning. Uh-oh. And, and we can comment on whether or not he, was, he, he should be getting a, uh, a raspberry. Oh, he took, okay. Well, it's it's National Pancake Day, but it is also National Something Else Day. Let's oh, Independent Women Day. Yeah, why are they the same day? Because independent women get squashed like pancakes. There we go. Oh, oh, oh Tigger, right off the top of your Score head. for Tigger. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Thank you, and thank you. Tigger once gave me a bag. That said, full of pancakes? <laughs> not full of pancakes, but it said, it said, what was it? Quiet women seldom make history. <laughs> Good point. And, yeah. Kind but of then neither do quiet men. That's true. Yes. Although there, there's one presidential candidate that could be a little bit more quiet. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 now. Tigger, tigger, tigger. Tigger, tigger, tigger. Now, so, I, listen. I have an important question for you, though, Tigger, before, okay. before we get into the meat of the of the. Before we get into the breakfast sausage of our show, yes, <laughs> um, are pancakes good for our ponies? <laughs> I can't think I can they're good that. for us because this is about horses, and and dare we feed pancakes to our our loving animals, horses and dogs and cats? And uh, yeah, should we? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, um, Frenchies think that pancakes are spectacular. But Frenchies will eat anything. They truly will. I don't even want to tell you. I mean, I've I've seen things crawling on the ground that I just can't even believe anybody would even consider eating, and they think it's delicious. And they have to make a lot of effort because their faces are so flat, so they got to tip their whole head forward, get the right angle to scoop it up. Not good. I've seen more legs coming out of their little teeth than I care to mention. <laughs> Thanks for that image with pancakes. Yeah. Yes, there you. you go. Anyway, let's talk about the breed of the show, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> No, we're 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 gonna go. Um, we're gonna talk to Liz Austin. Let's do that. That's a great I love her. I do too. I love Liz Austin. She is a real horsewoman. She truly is. She and really she, loves her horses. She does. Um, I'm not sure, and I'm sure you actually do know this, but most people that are, if you're a Liz Austin fan, you may or may not know that Liz buys stuffed animals to put in all of the stalls with her horses. Yes. I several years ago went and purchased um, a horse that had been in her program for a long time and had contacted her. She wasn't one that sold us the horse, as you very well know, but she um, loved to hear uh, the update on this horse and told me the types of stuffed animals he liked in a stall. And I just, I mean, she does it, I think, with all of them. I mean, she's very committed and she's just a doll to be around and she's a breath of fresh air. And we're welcoming Liz Austin to Healthy Critters. 
Liz is, is quite a respected dressage rider and trainer. She was long listed for the 2010 World Equestrian Games. She's competed in two World Dressage Masters. She was the youngest competitor ever. And she uh, placed third in the Grand Prix Special. She was a reserve rider for the 2011 FEI World Cup Final and a two-time national champion of the Brentina Cup. So welcome, Liz. Welcome. Hi there. So I have been to your barn. Patty's been to your barn. And we have both been so impressed with your, your horsemanship and your horse care. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you feed your horses because they are all performance and high performance and your philosophy on feeding and care? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I actually, I was just looking back through my trusty old iPhone because it saves all of the notes. And (laughs) I was trying to figure out when I had gone to the nice um, talk that you had done at Pages farm at some point a few years ago, and it was actually in 2012, which seems like a long time ago, so wow. four years ago. Um, you gave for what for me was a very inspirational, you know, and very informative sort of talk, discussion, um, question and answer, whatever, about, um, you know, a whole food diet. And at that point, it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't really in the cards, but, you know, it, it took me a little while to sort of digest everything and you know it it, it's a big step to go from feeding what we've been to you know kind of say to all your clients hey you know I have this crazy idea (laughs) Um, so you know I I had to sort of implement it slowly um but you gave that talk and I looked it up it was February 28th uh 2012 and then the following year I actually went and I had the opportunity to go and work with Carl Hester in England and I was sort of interested in, in their feeding program as well because they feed a lot of sort of chaff and chop hay and there's just a lot of goodies and, and very sort of wholesome whole ingredients that go into the feeding program. And so that reminded me of your talk. And so when I got back from Carl's, I actually started slowly but surely switching at least sort of my test subject horses over to a whole food diet. And I want to say that was in the summertime of 2013. And I had actually called you at that point and I said, you know, hey, listen, uh, this is what I'm doing. And does this kind of sound right? You know, a little bit. I felt like uh, I was a little bit in the dark on the whole thing. But right. I've slowly but surely evolved the whole the whole feeding program. So now I have my whole barn on it. We have, well, a couple of client horses that, you know, are just down for season uh, in Florida. They kept on on their same grain. But all of my guys, I think we have, you know, nine so, on it or something. So. so Liz, what was it that, that kind of, was it going to Carl's that sort of, because I have, um, in my barns for years have done mainly whole foods and I know how difficult sure. it can be because I mean, you know, the biggest thing is, is you have at least 20 head of horses and you're feeding them three and four of times course. a day. Everybody always says it's the big thing of how much, you know, time is it? And I will tell you because I've sure. done it for so long, it doesn't, seem any more that much time intense it, than it really yeah exactly exactly you know it really isn't that much more time intense you know especially you get in the system and um you know i do think it was partially going to carl's um mm-hmm. you know the the big thing that stuck in my mind was tigger talking about and correct me if i'm wrong but talking about sort of the sweeping the wheat middlings up off mm-hmm. the floor or something <laughs> that's and, a thing with her <laughs> All of the crappy byproduct stuff that, yeah. you know, we're very happily paying a lot of Top money dollar, for yeah. our wonderful performance horses. And, you know, but of course my dogs are on a grain-free diet. Does it make sense right. that, you know, my horses are still getting the extra crap, you know? So yeah. for yeah. me, you know, and, and just the stomach issues, you know, the the funny stomachs. And I know how helpful and reparative alfalfa is. And so right. really the appeal of feeding the alfalfa cubes was good to me and, um, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate that on, you know, the three different main things that I feed, I feed speedy beet, which is really the only non GMO, um, right. beet pulp that you can get, you know, right. it's, which is a little bit more expensive, but very, very good quality. And then alfalfa cubes, which are just alfalfa cubes and then rice bran, which is just rice bran and, right. you know, kind of the next step above rice bran, which I was feeding for a bit is the renewed gold, which I think right. is 
coconut meal, right? Which yep, is amazing. And rice. It um, is amazing. It's amazing. It's a combo. That is amazing. But I have a bunch of fatties. So <laughs> for them, they need less rice bran. Um, you know, and so we do more just sort of the alfalfa and then I do a, a multivitamin. Um, and then, you know, I supplement that. I also give them all aloe juice every day. Um, I'm sure that there are better sources of aloe juice. And if you have one horse, go and buy the whole organic, fabulous aloe juice. I just get the big, inexpensive sort of bulk aloe. Um, and I figure it's better than nothing, right? Right, so, yep, absolutely. Um, I think, and I think it's working, you know. And I, I do, one thing that I do do is if there's a big weather change or temperature drop or whatever, I will give them all a little bit of gas regard because I think mm-hmm. that that's helpful and supportive and I can't even, it's amazing how many people are like, oh, he's just crazy because it's cold today. Well, yeah, somebody's probably bothering him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that people miss that. And um, I think a but, lot of you know, people my, miss that. I, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I've, it's it's a blessing and a curse. I've had some horses that have had a little bit tricky stomachs. And so you have to think outside the box and figure it out and sort of say, you know, what am I, what am I putting in you that's bugging you? So Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, from a performance standpoint, um, how do you feel feeding this way, um, helps you, um, curtail their energy? Um, obviously when you're competing high performance stuff, you always have to be concerned about their energy level. Sure. Yeah. As far as having enough energy. Yep. And the right type of energy, you you know? I was going to say, I'm pretty lucky. I have a barn full of pretty hot, sensitive horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, there's not a lot of, I don't know, I just feel like there's less nervous energy than before, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. I know that sounds mm-hmm. weird, but it's mm-hmm. more, no, it you know, they're, they're ready to, yeah, right. They're, they're going to go and go and go. They're not, um, they're just jumpy or just a little bit better focused, I guess I would say. That's a good point. Um, thinking about the nervous energy whenever you talk to people about switching over is because, um, you know, obviously yeah. if you have a lot of amateur people that are riding and you, they don't want to jump horse or stuff like that flips them out. It's the number one thing of I course. think is to put them on that type of a diet and just kind of simplify yep. it. What I always like is that I know what the, I know. I feel like they're getting a meal cooked. You know what I mean? They're getting everything yep. that you exactly yep. want. There's not yep. too much of this or too little of that or, um, or exactly. weak middlings from the floor. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Do you well, notice I have that one your horse. vet bills have gone okay. down? You know, I actually do. Well, oh God, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but you know, no, knock on wood, no colic incidents. I hate saying that because um, yeah. it's always scary. But yeah, and, and and my feed. Honestly, I think overall my feed bills have gone down too because that's mine what I was are ask you. Mm-hmm. fat. They're and but. I also make sure they have hay in front of them all the time. And I know that it's expensive and I know that a lot of boarding barns, whether they want to admit it or not, try to skimp on that. I think that's mm-hmm. just awful. So for yep. me, like mine have 25 or 30 pounds in a hay bag that goes up on right. the wall and they just nibble away. Um, and that also, they did that at, at Carl's. Yes. Uh, you yes. Know, and I, that, to me, I was like, oh yeah, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Does Carl bed in in straw? He beds in shavings mostly. Okay. Yeah. Because I know they can eat the straw too, huh? Yes. But he mostly, he mostly beds in shavings, but his are out so much too, you know, so are mine, but it's, it's a nice, it's nice for them to be able to come in and have, have some snacking. Yeah. It is nice to hear that everybody's getting more into putting them out. Tigger, you remember before Liz was born <laughs> and everybody who, um, yeah, right. you know, it, well, I mean, seriously, everybody wouldn't, they, you know, I, I would know. always turn out my Grand Prix horses and people would be like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, actually it's not, you know, I uh, know it's so sad. And we really are so fortunate that, you know, Carl really has so much changed the face of dressage, you know, yep. as far as absolutely, you know, I, I I went there and I was like, okay, so you're really nice to your horses all the time. They go outside. Yeah. Like, this is, this is my inspiration, you know? Yeah, this it's, is, this it's is hard so when normal. <laughs> yeah, when you're in the thick of it and you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm not pushing hard enough for this or that. But he, he's very, he does a very good job of keeping them happy and, you know, working them, but without, you know, breaking them down, which is amazing. Yeah. So doesn't he, I mean, have you sort of adopted some of his, um, training plans 
that help keep horses yeah. sound like is hacking out and yeah yeah absolutely you know it's a little tricky i don't love hacking out in florida because so much of it is oh, on yeah. the road and there's you just you know and granted we hacked out at at his house right on the road and everyone had roadsteads and that's kind of what you did it's a little bit tough here because it's, it's nice when you have sort of that bomb proof i'm gonna lead the way horse and i don't really have one of those <laughs> yeah. um i did my that was that was my stallion but he's now in vermont with my mom um <laughs> but you know it's in, in when we're in Vermont or you know Kentucky wherever I am, we take them out quite a bit and just go on the hills and go play in the field and school in the field. And I think it really helps them a lot and just to work on the different surfaces, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely! It's great for bone density and stuff like that too. That type of yeah. different. Now, I I yeah. want you to know, Patty, that I'm working on um, Liz changing her multiple sugar cube habit. Uh. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's, it is hard. It is hard. It is. Hard. It is hard. Because you, you want know, to be able to reward. I know, well, I know. I mean, and I, you know, I, I jokingly say that I'm like an adult amateur lady. Which, no offense <laughs> to all the adult amateur ladies out there, but I get made fun of so much because I ride around with one of those little things on my belt that has sugar oh cubes. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like, I have a very happy group of horses, and if they do something well. You they should get a cookie, them. I think. Yeah. And they like that, and they appreciate that. And so, you know. <laughs> I, have one, I have, I'm gonna I have one <laughs> darling client that does a little bit of leather work, and she made a leather pouch oh, that she keeps on her saddle. Yeah. And Perfect. every time I get on her horse, I take it off and throw it at her. Oh. And, I, oh, <laughs> and I mean, I will, it. I will admit, I it is hard. I have one horse that had had some very bad training that I had to... Um, um, re just, I mean, it was bad training. I mean, he was one of the kindest yeah. horses in the world and I have had to use sugar to help him, but it's so funny because the one client who owns sure. this horse thinks that I'm a sugar monger and Tigger will tell you oh. I'm not. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to break this to you, but you know, but it, I, I totally understand it. Cause you know, there was a point where you couldn't even go into the ring with Robert unless you had sugar. You know, if you didn't have sugar on you, you were going to get, too funny. you know, yeah, cause you were right. supposed to reward those horses. So yeah, yeah, I do get that. I do get it. But what we what we're doing <laughs> with Liz is we're we're helping her and the horses by using BioStars Metabytes for her Easy Keepers mm-hmm. and BioStar Bites for her performance horses yep. with yep. the coconut meal and the pears and things that help replenish glycogen, support. Uh, the the energy needed by the body, but not cause <laughs> yeah. a sugar crash. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And you know, they honestly, everyone really is eating them pretty darn well now. You know, at first, because <laughs> yeah. I used to because I'm giving well, them with sugar cubes. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But listen, because I, I used to do, I literally, I had a horse because I at home in Vermont on the wall lives, you know, the the cookie area, and I was for a while trying to give them tums. And I had one right. horse, like, when, you know, mostly I'd give them Tums, but if they did something really well, I'd give them a sugar. And I had one horse that I'd go to give him a Tums, and he'd be like, are you kidding me? That was just <laughs> totally worth a sugar cube. And would just straight up spit it out. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, but they actually, I think they're, they, you know, they like them. It's nice, you know. And and um, I, I was joking with Tigger today. The problem is I give a lot of sugar cubes. So, you know, I don't <laughs> want to go through all my... I'm on a fancy little BioStar bites too quickly, but it, it's right. a good sort of, you know, supplement. And, and I think that it's going to work in really, really well because they, they like it and it, you know, helps with the saliva production and everything yeah. else. And that's, it's a, it's a really super alternative, honestly. And it makes, and it makes sugar happy. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that you have to not give sugar. It just allows it just less. Less, and that's the big thing. And so, like, I have two horses, my fatty, as you know, um, who I said, okay, he's only going to get the Metabyte. And then I have my uh, PPSM horse or EPSM horse, and he's only going to get no more sugar for him, only the BioStarbite. And they're both eating them super, you know? So it's it's pretty cool, really pretty cool. You know, it is really great just for a change that won't mess up your pockets. What? Is um, sliced almonds. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good idea. They love them, and and they're very high yeah. in vitamin E. So there yeah. you're, you know, feeding an antioxidant yeah. 
with oh, fiber. Wow, yeah, never, okay. That's cool. And they love um, them. Yeah, cool. that's a great idea. And um, you can snack on vitamin them yourselves. E. <laughs> yes. And when if you get tired and need energy, just yeah, I was going to say because I love almonds when I'm when I'm like crashing in the middle of the day. Oh, what a great idea! Perfect. Thank you, Tiggy. You're that's welcome. Great. That's great. Um, speaking of vitamin E, can I just go on one little vitamin E rant because yes. I feel like a lot of people don't feed vitamin E properly. Yep. You know, a number of years ago. We were very happily giving our horses the people vitamin E, you know, the little sort of gel, whatever thing. Mm -hmm. And we got enrolled in some study. I can't remember what it was. I feel bad. It was more my mom. So obviously that's why I don't remember the name. Um, (laughs) But she, they came through and tested all of our horses for vitamin E and they were all like pretty, like pretty seriously deficient in it um, wow. because we're in Vermont and in the winter months, yeah. there's no vitamin E, whatever. And so I was actually talking to, and so they, we, you know, we did the study and put them on the vitamin E and it, and it for sure helped everybody's levels came up. It was great, but it was really interesting when I was talking to Tigger the other day um, about the sunflower seeds. I didn't realize that you could give that as yep. sort of as the best source of vitamin E. So all of you up in the cold North, don't forget if your, you know, horse maybe seems a little cranky or a little funny or whatever else, make sure they're getting enough vitamin E. That's hugely, hugely important, especially for young warm blood. Yep. Very good. Excellent point. Yep. And and it's so easy to to support it with sunflower seeds. It, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And <laughs> almonds. You know, you can rotate. Yeah. And almonds. Yeah, both. No, that that's really cool. Yeah. The girls that work for me were joking that my horses eat better than they do because I have the one who had a little bit of a cough. So now he's getting, um, I bought him a food processor and he's getting. And how is that working with the orange? Actually great. It's, it's great. Cause he had, you know, just a little bit of throat irritation. Yeah. Really cool. Um, but he gets his orange and he gets his local honey and he's, you know, (laughs) sounds like a tick diet to me. Yeah, right. But you know, exactly. it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, we we actually learn this from the racehorses. Oh wow! They they have a lot of you know respiratory you know challenges oh, with the orange stress. Sure. And you know now they can't use. Um, you know they they're so restricted into the medicines they can use to you know stop yeah. bleeding like Lasix. So I yeah, just the Lasix, said to this yeah. one old groom. I said give him an orange. Wow. And he was like, what? I said, yeah, just give him an orange, chop up an orange and give it to him. And it worked. <laughs> and then wow. everybody in the barn started doing it. And then when I saw how that it really worked, and then I just started passing it on to all the performance people. And you literally just yeah. take an orange, you quarter it, you put it in a food processor, you don't peel it, you keep the peel on and you feed it to the horse. Yeah. And the, the bioflavonoids are in the peel. And they reduce bronchiospasm. Yep. Yep. And it cool. works like a charm. Don't you sometimes, Liz, think that Tigger makes up names of things that are in everyday foods? Oh, yeah. I know. I, I like, just want to oh, tell you, I've known this woman a long yes. time. Okay, good. <laughs> and I'm just saying, she always floors me. And then I'm like, <laughs> what? How do you know this? Oh, man. Sorry, I you always, know. You always impress cool. me, Tig. No, no, she's impressive. It is pretty saying. cool. I just thought it was an orange. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Stay with me. It's been great to have you on. I want to let um, our listeners know your website is lizaustendressage.com. Um, I personally, if you're looking for, if you're in the New England area this summer, I highly recommend Liz. When you see her around your her horses and your horses, you will be floored by her horsemanship and her sheer love of her horses. It, Aww, it, it is so refreshing so nice. to see, Liz. It's, it's, Thank you. I, I can't say enough about it, and I don't see it enough. And if you can pass that yeah. on to your clients, you're, you're really helping horses all over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, 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 I think it's really important because they do a tremendous amount for us. And I, I was joking with a friend the other day. I go, you know, what the, what the sad part is is, Horsemanship doesn't pay anymore. No one no. cares if you're a good horseman. They That's care so, if you make yeah. you the horse. Mm-hmm. And it it breaks my heart. I I can't do it. So I'm, you know, doing doing what I what I can to make everyone better better horse men and women and everything else. So well, it, and, does, it and, doesn't go and unnoticed. We need that. 
Yeah, it yeah doesn't we go need that. Thanks. Hi, Hedwig. I hear you have a new name. Or is it, 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 does, does she even know this new name? Oh, Tip. she does. Oh, she does? Okay. What's your name? We categorize me and my sister as chippies. <laughs> what does that mean? I assume that it is a short version of the word chipmunk, which is a small warden. <laughs> which is kind of a chubby little thing, right? Oh, Patty, are we getting off on this one now? <laughs> After the cold looking already? I was I just trying to be nice. <laughs> it was more of a question. It was inappropriate of me. I, I apologize, Hedwig. <laughs> I'm sure that you're sorry, but let's not try to stay on that. You're right. That was inappropriate of me, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm sure you meant well. I did. So, you know, Patty, that um, I had to take care of the chippies. Yes. Um, while their human slave uh, got to take a little vacation to New York. And um, so the chippies were not too happy within my care. Okay. And they proceeded, one particular chippy named Hetty, proceeded to bark the entire night. Oh, no. Well, you did it wrong. Oh, you did it wrong. Would you like to elaborate? It's very simple. If you lock us in a room by ourselves and our slave does not come home, how are we supposed to react? We might die in there. Oh. Because <laughs> oh. if we actually, don't work, you'll forget about us. That's actually a good a good point, Hetty, because <laughs> um, we have a question for you. Tigger, do you want to ask the question? Because it no, kind of, I want you to ask the question. Well, I'm afraid I'm still to. In the, the chipmunk house. Okay, well, I may be I may be stepping chipmunks. in. Um, so Hedwig, the question I had was what would be a chippy approved or Hedwig approved and honestly the safest place to keep a dog while they are at a horse show with their servant? Oh, at home in the air conditioning was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. If that were not, um, a possibility, where would you suggest do you think a nice, beautiful, um, I hate to use the word crate, <laughs> um, but something fluffy and clean or, but what, where would you suggest that, uh, that dogs, normal dogs would stay when going to a horse show? If someone was looking for advice on what to do, um, with their pampered pooch. Well, we've had three approaches taken in my time with the stupid slave. I mean, she's doing her best, but let's be honest, full learner. Uh, <laughs> she seems like such a nice post, girl though <laughs> well she does her best okay um, the first approach is one that has been taken quite frequently and that is if it is not a hot day and you can find some nice shade mm-hmm. then we can stay with all the windows open in our car but that is not safe if you are in a place that is hot right. or if you're a big dog who is suicidal and will jump out of truck windows because okay. then it doesn't roll. So you can't do that. But if you're me and my sister, no problem. Another alternative, which has been adopted in my experience to some success is a hack room. Now, mm. it is important in a hack room to have a bed for your dog. We have a nice sloppy bed travels in our truck and then it gets taken into the cat room. Yep, that's how we roll. But okay. then if for some reason there's an issue in the cat room like at Devon where it rained 700 inches in about 10 minutes and then we couldn't walk and it was awful, then right. that was pretty crap. Gotcha. Um, and a, a third alternative and one that should never be adopted in the case of a dog such as myself is a great. I oh. hate those. They're evil. Okay. Okay. Well, that's actually, those are some decent options, don't you think, Tig? Um, how about being on a leash? <laughs> well, that's not a problem. I thought we were talking about when our slave was off twiddling around on the horses. 
That's true. That's kind of what I was asking, Tig. Um, I don't want to get you in trouble. I'm just saying. But whenever we should, we, we should always go out with the servant as much as possible on our leashes, and we should have snacks. Or you could do what Sabi does, and he just stays with Uncle Marty. He just he, he helps Uncle Marty do the saddles. Sometimes we do that too. I bet you're very like good at, at that. Devin. When mm-hmm. we were really cold and really bored, and we'd been there for 800 years. Yep, <laughs> After the 700 world, inches of rain. out with Mark. Mm. Well, we had to swim to get to Uncle Marty. Yeah. Thank okay, you. thanks, Hetty. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So our breed of the show is going to be a Great Dane, and um, the one thing that's interesting about this breed, Tigger, is that I don't think either one of us has had one. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> which is interesting, because which I shared with you last night, that I'm now going to continue to let Ray pick the breeds, because he's <laughs> okay, very good at it. Um, so it was, you know, I always find this so interesting. Um, I have had friends have, that have had them and I do find that people that have them like any other breed, love them, love them, love them. Mm -hmm. And they are very sweet dogs. Um, so interesting, um, other names ready for this. And I don't know how much, you know, they were, they were called the German Mastiff. Did you know that? Yeah. Didn't know that. Um, what else was kind of interesting? Um, I mean, the lifespan, of course, we kind of all know it's yeah. very limited. Six to eight years is a lot. Um, they kind of suffer from um, the the basic, you know, giant dog situation, you know, problems with um, structural, with hips joints, and stuff yeah. like that, joints. And obviously feeding, feeding a dog, feeding a dog of that size is hugely important. Um, and there was tons of different um, recommendations for that. But it seems to be that everybody's kind of going towards more of the grain-free type of uh, thing. But um, the, the t- one of the tallest breeds or one of the tallest um, record – I'm saying this wrong. The, the, in the rec Guinness Book – I can't say it. Sorry. Guinness Book of World Records, the tallest dog they had on record that I could see was a Great Dane. And he was actually 44 inches at the shoulder. Um, Pony. Yeah, no, that's a big. That's a big dog. That's a really big dog. Um, they're one of the tallest breeds to start with, but um, that's just a big dog. Um, cool thing um, about them again. Some of the stuff I didn't know. <clears throat> they're you know they're 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 considered very friendly and patient, dependable. They can be a very good watchdog. Extremely devoted to the family, um, but extremely gentle with children, which is great. Um, they are a medium energy dog, so you very apartment friendly, which is kind of interesting. Um, when I'm looking this stuff up, I go to a couple different websites because some of the things I know, <laughs> you know, because I've had so many dogs, but um, this was one I hadn't. But they really have very low exercise needs, um, which huh. I did know that. But I, I don't know if I would ever say, I have an apartment. By golly, I'm going to get me a great name. <laughs> yeah. Right? But apparently they're really super because they really, I mean, you take them for a little walk, they're good to go. They just like hanging out with their person. They're leaners. You know, they like to lean against you. Yeah. Um, but um, they come in nine different colors. Wow. Yeah. Um, they, so they have black, mantle, don't even know what that is, fawn, brindle, blue, harlequin, and obviously a, a ton of other ones. Um but I think what I was so overwhelmed with is um, is the fact that they are such a big dog, but they are so gentle. Yeah, um, they're known as the gentle giant, giant or the Apollo of dogs. Have you? Do you have any friends that have Great Danes? No, but I see several of them at the Wellington Dog Park. Okay, and, and- they're so funny because. My Australian shepherds, they're generally in the big dog park and mine are in the medium and there's a fence right. between them. And my dogs, any dog that comes up from the large, they want to have a race with. <laughs> they want to run yeah, up yeah. and down. Right. Sure. And the Great Dane goes, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, let's go, let's go, let's run. And the Dane is going, yeah, okay, I'm not yeah. really that interested. Yeah. I get, well, like, yeah, like I said, it's like sort of like they'll do a little bit of dancing around and then they're ready, ready and to And the like owners it. are like trying to run and get the dogs to fall. <laughs> and the dog is like, bloop, be doop, be doop, be doop. Yeah, they're kind of like a Huey. 
<laughs> right? It's sort of like the walk from the car to the park was medium enough for me, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all I got in me, kids. You're going to have to be picking my big butt up. Because, you know, the males get up to 120 pounds, and that's a whole lot of dog. That is putting, a lot of dog. Yeah, to be putting in a car. Uh, females up to 100 pounds. Um, I mean, it's a lot of dog. I mean, if, and, and, you know, like I said, dear friends of mine have uh, two. They have a, a Harlequin and um, a Black I mean, seriously, the sweetest dogs ever. And they are great barn dogs. Um, I don't, um, I think they're average in trainability. Um, I mean, as far as, I mean, I think they can be obedient, but there's a, there's a whole lot of dog (laughs) that you're trying to manage. You know what I mean? I thought the Swissies were difficult. Um, but they, I just, again, I, I, I think the, the coolest thing about them is that you can really do very little with them and they are just so happy to hang out with you. And they're generally a healthy breed. Like there isn't, um, I mean, of course, bloat is always an issue with a deeper chested yeah. dog. Um, but um, other than that, there weren't a lot of other um, big recorded things that I could find. Um, I mean, I go on the AKC site and they, the first thing they say is that they're, basically a very healthy dog. They do get cold, but, um, you know, because it's a shorter coat coated dog, but, um, they're great in any type of atmosphere. They can be, they can be great in Houston. If you're, you know, a hot dog, you got to be careful again because they're so big, but you can, you know, they can deal with the cold as well. But again, you have to be careful, but they're just, they're just easy going dogs. I think they're great dogs to have. And I, it, from what I could tell, Believe it or not, except the biggest thing against them is their size. If you can't, if you have a small car, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine getting it in a mini. I can't. Not I mean, I just. You couldn't I get just, them in a, in a Hyundai Sonata. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, and honestly, some of the ones that I have seen, you couldn't get them in the back of some of some hatchbacks. I mean, they yeah. require a lot of room because. You, a horse trailer. you do. But the thing <laughs> is, they are. Because their chest is so deep and they're, you know, they come out of their, you know, their necks or so, they don't fit in a lot of cars. So that is something to consider. But you can have them in a city, never have to put them in a car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They will fit in the elevator, not necessarily the taxi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not many other people will get in the elevator, but yeah. It's the cutest thing. There's a, there's a great Dane that lives down the street from us. And, um. When we would when we would ride by with the horses, of course, all the dog all the dogs in the yard have to run out and bark. It's what dogs do best. Sure. And it was so cute because when he was a puppy, he towered over the other dogs in the yard. They, so had, they had one that was some kind of a some kind of a pity mix and something that was some kind of a Labrador mix, and he was easily six inches taller than they were as a puppy. So he'd come galumping up to the fence in, in Great Dane fashion and bark and this little teetsy weetsy puppy wolf would come out it was so cute oh, yeah <laughs> little puppy bark and go and it was a little squeak and his giant dog he's like three feet tall it's a puppy bark so funny so funny well they're they're so sweet and the other thing is too is uh, both of you know um they do cl- a lot of people still in you know here in the states i think um do crop their ears but um i think they're beautiful with their ears natural me too oh they're much me more handsome too. with the ears yeah our, I think our so neighbors too. our neighbor has ears and he's so cute he's a harlequin with his little black oh, ears he's oh like i love cute. the harlequin yeah. now on the food front since this is healthy critters radio yes ma'am shorter dogs who have a naturally shorter lifespan large dogs and particularly great danes is feeding them a high quality diet even more critical? Because that's what my intuition would tell me. Well, I think the, one of the biggest things, and I'm just going to go based off what I know about Greater Swiss Mountain Dogs the, and the bloating factor. What what kills a lot of these dogs is the bloat. And what I had always been told, and I I went by it very very seriously, is that you don't want your dog with a deep chest, and and I'm Great Danes. Um, to have a whole lot of activity, which isn't an issue for them, before they eat and about two hours after. You really need to get them to digest their food um, and really uh, let that settle. I mean, and it, it like becomes – Yeah, but it's a, it's a good two hours after, and that's what – I lived by that rule. Um, and it can be hard when you live on a farm. Um, but I think feeding them a high-quality food um, and obviously talking to your vet or – um, getting with someone like who knows a lot about food like Tigger um, is important because I think that a lot of, you know, commercial 
food can be the wrong thing to do. Um, Absolutely. Well, there, and, it, I guess it, it, what I'm what I'm comparing it to, and we had touched on this with the chat we had with uh, our guest today, mm-hmm. is there can be uh, bone and joint issues with these sure. giant breeds. Well, protein's the biggest right. biggest so thing when why, they're developing. You know, it, again, it, you kind of take that to young horses. They're they're feeding young horses to get them to grow as quickly as possible and to look as mature as possible. But right. that's also causing bone and joint issues. Yeah, I, right. I, I I I'm guessing that you could do the you same thing. You have to very be easily. very careful with yeah. protein in yeah. large breed dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. See, there's the expert. She knows the right word. Protein. Yeah. 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 You have to. Um, you really have to watch protein because if they get a big spurt of long bone growth, it yeah. it it can cause fever, infection. I, I mean, it's yeah, and I learned the hard way with one of my Aussies because I didn't. I, I thought an Aussie's not a large breed dog, but guess what? He's a big Aussie, and yeah, he he got that burst of growth and he was so sick we almost lost him that's my that was my little snack boy wasn't it yep yep well and i think the other thing um uh to consider is that um and this is kind of a newer development um is that if you end up getting a male dog is being sure not to neuter them too early that wait because till they're mm -hmm. two years old Mm-hmm. And that's that can be an issue for a lot of people. Remember, you know, some of these, and again, and we're not saying don't spay and neuter your dogs. Absolutely. That is not what we're saying. Um, we absolutely think you should spay and neuter your animals, if you're, especially if you're not going to breed them. But um, it's just become with, with these, with, with purebred dogs. Um, one of my uh, great clients is a small animal vet, and a friend of mine just got a very adorable um, golden retriever. And she said, new studies are showing to keep them at least 16 months intact. And yep. I don't know if that applies for the, for the females as well. Do you know? I Figure don't know. I do know um, for the males, it, it has to do with their, also with their connective tissue. Um, you don't, you don't get the cruciate ligament problems with an intact male. Interesting. Well, yeah. is that because of what it, okay, that makes sense it's, to me. The testosterone is so important yeah, for the totally connective tissue. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Is that the same in horses? I don't know. We don't know. We should look into that, Tigger, because that's an interesting. We should. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, gr- girls, that's what I have on the, the Great Dane. It's I think it's a wonderful dog, and I'm certain um, in the next 20 years, Tigger and I will both probably have one. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Pete. <laughs> so today we're going to talk in the Critter Nutrition Corner about topicals, and this is specifically canine and equine shampoos. Because um, in doing some research, I have come to determine that they are nothing more than chemical soups. Um, What I did was I collected a list of ingredients of the top-selling equine and canine shampoos. And then I went around to several tax stores and wrote down the ingredients of lesser-known brands. And I started correlating the various chemicals. And as I began my research, I was hit by this realization that the skin is the largest organ of the microbiome of the body. And here we are stressing it with some powerful endocrine disruptors, carcinogens, and contact allergens. Some of these chemicals, uh, when combined with other ingredients, become even more potentially toxic to the beneficial skin microorganism and potentially to the bloodstream as well. Some of them are also environmental hazards affecting groundwater and soil if they wash into fields and streams. So it occurred to me that when we wash horses in in shampoos, we're also not protecting our hands. You know, who puts on latex gloves to wash your dog or wash your horse? So how are these chemicals affecting us? So uh, after a lot of research, I've come up with with what I call my red flag ingredients. 
First on the list on the list is methylparaben and propylparaben. These are quickly absorbed through the skin. These preservatives have attracted a great deal of controversy with many reports of serious side effects. These compounds have been found intact within breast cancer tissues. Parabens mimic estrogen and can act as a potential hormone disruptor. This next group is almost impossible to pronounce, but I will give it the college try. Methyl chloroisothiazolione, which is known as MCI and MIT. They have been shown to increase sensitization on human skin. The North American Contact Dermatitis Group named these preservatives the Contact Allergy of the Year for 2013. Research on rat brain cells found that a brief exposure is highly toxic to cultured neurons. Propylene glycol is a petroleum derivative found in in among other products such as antifreeze and brake fluid, as well as some lipsticks, toothpaste, and deodorant sticks. Propylene glycol can form a seal over the skin, preventing the escape of water. This does not add moisture to the skin. It tends to sit on the surface of skin after rinsing, dissolving fats and oils that the skin needs to stay nourished. Sodium lauryl sulfate and sodium laureth sulfate, known as SLS and SLES, these are used in testing labs as the standard ingredient to irritate skin. They're used commonly in car wash soaps, garage floor cleaners, and engine degreasers. Both SLS and SLES may cause potentially carcinogenic formations of nitrates and dioxins to form in shampoos by reacting with other product ingredients. The gradual cumulative effects of long-term repeated exposures are a real concern. Cocomide DEA. The International Agency for Research on Cancer lists this ingredient as possibly carcinogenic to humans. In 2012, California listed cocomide DEA under its Proposition 65 law, which requires warning labels on consumer products containing carcinogens or reproductive toxicants. Cocomidopropylbetaine well-documented as a contact allergen and contributor to dermatitis. Hexol cinnamol. This is a synthetic scent ingredient. It is currently on the EU list of banned and restricted fragrances because of possible human immune system toxic- toxicant or allergen. It can be found in equine shampoos in the U.S., Polysorbate 80. There are two grades of this emulsifier, cosmetic grade and food grade. It is the cosmetic grade that is of most concern as it may contain ethylene oxide and 1,4-dioxane, which have a high hazard rating. Polysorbate 20. This is also an emulsifier that is treated with the carcinogenic ethylene oxide and can be and be contaminated with 1,4-dioxane. The Campaign for Safe Cosmetics reported that the levels in 1,4-dioxane found in personal care products are a thousand times higher than those found to cause cancer in animal studies. Triclosan and triclocarban. These two ingredients came under fire by the FDA as a result of research showing that they may be aiding the growth of antibiotic-resistant bacteria as well as disrupting hormone levels. Some experts have called these antibacterial chemicals a public health threat. New data points to the risks of triclosan and triclocarban due to their endocrine-disrupting potential. Tetrasodium EDTA, made from formaldehyde and sodium cyanide. 
Some animal studies have found this chelating agent to have reproductive effects because it can bind with minerals. It is slow to degrade, making it a poor choice for environmental health. So, of course, the question becomes, okay, I look at my my uh, equine shampoo and my pet shampoo and it contains one or two or three or five of these ingredients. What's the alternative? Well, one of my clients turned me on to a product that she loves that's called Warhorse. Warhorse is a small company in North Carolina. They use the kind of ingredients that I love, like sunflower oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, almond oil, tea tree oil, sea salts, glycerin, and essential oils. Their shampoo has been certified GMO-free and tested clean of glyphosate and pesticides. So I decided, well, what the heck? Um, I'm going to give this a try. So I walked into the tax store, bought a bottle, and my first victim was Yoda, my little terrier, who has to be washed every single week because her skin and hair get very oily and and stinky. So I pour, got her wet, put her in the sink, put it on my hands, started rubbing it in. It, it has lemon, lemon verbena in it. And I worked it into the coat. And it, of course, it smells amazing. And it's incredible on your own hands. I mean, it's, it's, it's more like an emollient. It's not drying. So I rinse her off. I towel her off. I plop, plop her in the sun. And her coat was so soft after she dried. You know, she's a terrier. They have that sort of roughy coated hair. It was soft. It was shiny. It was healthy. So I took my bottle and handed it to a friend of mine who has quite a large barn of training horses. And I said, why don't you give this a try on your dogs and your horses? And her bar manager texted me about three days later and said, we love this stuff. So Warhorse shampoo can be used on dogs, can be used on horses. They have a tack cleaner that is also non-toxic. And they have a household cleaner that is non-toxic. So if you're looking for an alternative to these chemical, chemically laden shampoos, which now that I've gone down the rabbit hole and looked at them, I, I just, I, I won't. I won't personally use anymore, but if you're looking for an alternative, go to warhorsesolutions.com and um, try these amazing GMO-free, pesticide-free, just wholesome, nourishing shampoos and tack cleaner. So we're on the coffee clutch segment of our show, and we have decided, because it's high uh, season in Wellington, to talk about the stress in dogs and horses um, during season and the different things that, that, that a lot of people don't think about. Right, Tiggs? I mean, just the different things that we, you, you think of the glamour of being there, but not all the things that you have to prepare for um, when be, being down there. Yeah, it's it, – I think – you know, having every a show every week is mm-hmm. is very stressful. Yes, having um, limited turnout for most barns. Um, if there is turnout, it by this time in the season, it's turned into sand. The grass sure. is is mm-hmm. gone. Um, you've got people that are the trainers are under stress because they're working ninety hours a day. Yep. The professional riders are under stress because they're working 90 hours a day. The vets are working 90 hours a day. The farriers are working 90 hours a day. And and that accumulated stress feeds into the barns. Sure. And the horses pick it up. And I see stress also in the dogs at the dog park. Now, Interesting. S- some of them are local Wellington Canines, they live in Wellington year round, mm-hmm. but it's a stressful place if for a dog if your human is under stress. Sure, and you see these humans 
coming into the dog park, their dog is pulling on the lead, you know, raring to get free. Yeah. And the human is like, oh, my God, you're pulling my arm off. And and then they're yelling at the dog. And and so there's you're just in this environment of stress, 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 stress. Right. And there are things that that you can do to help the horses and the dogs and the humans. And one of the big things is, is trying to keep it out of the barn itself. Mm -hmm. Which is not easy. It's very hard. It's because, you know, being somebody that raised a family, you know, going back and forth to Wellington and, and having and bringing clients and doing all of that. One of the hardest things is, is that you have, you know, you wake up and you think about, you know, when people think about, oh my gosh, I, I really want to go to Wellington. I want to bring my, I want to bring my horse and I'm going to train with my trainer. I mean, it's a good thing, but you really need to understand there's a lot of things that end up happening in there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different people. There's a lot of different um, factors that go into what end up making the, pe- the owners of the horses or the riders stressed and how that equates to the horses. You yeah. know, exactly like you're saying. And it's just everybody goes to the barn with their own agenda. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to meet yours. And then the, the drama or the, <laughs> the worry or the things aren't going right or I had a bad test or I didn't mm-hmm. jump clean or whatever it is, is brought into the barn. And horses are incredibly sensitive to this. Yes. And so are dogs. And, and absolutely dogs are too. So, you know, it's, it's another, yet another reason, um, you know, to feed the best absolutely. whole food you can because that reduces stress on the GI tract. Right. Um, but w- what some of the vets are bringing up now, which is really interesting, is the herbicide pesticide sprayed on the hay. Oh, God, yeah. And there's no way in a place like Wellington that you're going to get a hay analysis unless you do it yourself. Well, and sure. the hay comes from all over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no requirement by the... Um, feed stores to no. require any kind of analysis, and not really, not many people test for pesticides and herbicides. And no. several vets have brought up to me this season that they think this is this is just contributing to stress. Um, is the stuff that's sprayed on the hay, and you know, Monsanto is telling. You know, hay farmers and and grain growers, you know, you can spray this, the glyphosate, the Roundup, two weeks before harvest because it will speed up your harvest. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 So, um, one of the things that I really like for, for horses is ashwagandha. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because it reduces cortisol which is one of the byproducts of stress. And it it's so balancing to circulation and the hormonal system and the glandular system at large. And I love how it helps the brain. It produces serotonin. So the horse, it's sort of like the horse has just eaten a nice bar of imported European chocolate. <laughs> I was just going to say. Okay, so how would you feed that? So, okay, great. We, 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 do you go to a pharmacy or a Walmart or Walgreens and you pick this up? How, how do you? I, I probably wouldn't. Um, that wouldn't be my first choice. Um, okay. Biostar does make um, a product called Equilibrium mm-hmm. that has ashwagandha extract in it. And if you if you didn't want to do that, you can go to a health food store and get an ashwagandha extract. Extracts extract. are going to be more powerful. Okay. And stronger. and how how would you feed that to like how would you? Um, well, in equilibrium, it comes in a cookie, so it's right, really which easy, is, and to it's feed. very easy to feed. And I've used tons of that. Um, if you're going to buy the extract, it's not going to taste great. Mm-hmm. So for a really picky eater, equilibrium might be a better choice. Better choice, okay. Um, you can also get 
um, ashwagandha uh, loose tea. Um, okay. It's sort of the chopped herb. Mm-hmm. And um, horses quite like that. Oh, okay. And you just add that to their feet. Just add, yeah. I mean, you probably need, you know, a couple tablespoons. Okay. Um, for the dogs, uh, you can do ashwagandha. For both dogs and horses, you can do holy basil. It's another cortisol-reducing plant. Uh, it has the same similar properties to mm-hmm. ashwagandha, but it doesn't affect the mind like ashwagandha does. What do you mean? It doesn't have a serotonin component. Okay. And you think that that's probably more important? I think for horses, once their mind starts tensing up or they get too much adrenaline going, it sets off just a cascade of... Kind of like the nervous energy we were talking about Exactly. And then their stomach acid increases, which could then correspond to creating an ulcer. Okay. Um, right. Dogs, that's not as big of a problem. So holy basil, which is also known as Tulsi, is is an excellent option. Tulsi. T-U-L-S-I. Tulsi. Okay. So ashwagandha is also something that humans can take. Oh, there is a, this great product. It's made by a company called Megafood. Mm-hmm. It comes, they use uh, the same ashwagandha that we use, and it's in a tablet. And I remember when, I mean, that's how I first learned about ashwagandha was in, you know, 2000 or 2001. I was a consultant for Megafood, and they came out with this this product called Tension Release with Mm -hmm. this extract of ashwagandha. And I remember the first time that I took it. In 30 minutes, I had this sensation that there was all this noise out there, but where I was, was very zen. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, it's something that you had recommended for Hannah when she was trying to study in high school, and it really helped her. So that's kind of a a cool thing to know. Um, it's, It's kind of funny that we can take the same things that our dogs and our horses can take. You know, one thing about ashwagandha and holy basil, they have been used for 5,000 years on humans and animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because I don't – and so, so okay, so going back to the holy basil, it's also called Tulsi. Yes. And, um, and that is something – where would we get that? So a really good source of Tulsi is a company called Organic India. Tulsi and ashwagandha are – native to India. They're part of Ayurvedic medicine. Okay. And they make a loose Tulsi. It's like a Tulsi tea. In fact, uh, you can make a great tea from, if you just even buy the Tulsi tea bags. Okay. It's so calming. It's so soothing. It's so relaxing. It, it, and it reduces cortisol. So right. it has some weight reduction properties to well, it. Well, amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I often, every day when I wake up in Wellington and I, you know, look at what I have to do for the day and the texts are coming in and the phone calls are coming in, I really want to go to every barn and every person and just give them a Tulsi tea bag or give them a tension release <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, just say it's my gift to you. Yeah, yeah. that's actually not a bad idea. because And actually, that's a really excellent point if you think about it, Tigger, because if you can get the human or or the owner or the rider to be able to relax a little bit in the, in the heat of all of this, it's all obviously going to pass on to our animals. And I think that's the biggest thing as a trainer and a rider that I, I always try to emulate to my riders, you know, what you're feeling on their back is, is something they're going to absolutely react to. Yeah. And I don't think people completely understand that, um, you know, how much we affect how our horses and our dogs react to what we're doing in a, in a daily basis. And it always comes back to we have to take care of ourselves so that we can take better care of our animals. Absolutely. And one thing that I I have really learned um, from the dogs 
um, has been to be so much more mindful of my body language. Yeah. Oh, interesting with the dogs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of horses. Okay. Um, well, horses, I, maybe I, I'm just, I've been much more attuned to that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this particular winter, seeing so many people yelling at their dogs interesting pulling on their leads and then seeing these collars that have like spikes in them and Mm. and and there's just all this tension and or somebody that wants that calls their dog they go come here (laughs) yeah and you're like okay wait a minute i don't think i would come to that so basically to summarize what we're talking about, it seems like we really truly have to take care of ourselves first so that we can be in a good place, especially when we're in Wellington for season. So we can really stand back and really evaluate where our animals are so that we can take better care of them. And the cool thing is, is there's a lot of similar things that we can do for our animals that we can do for ourselves. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing that I really recommend to anybody that's under stress is to meditate. Mm. It, it is, I, I don't think I could survive Wellington this year if I didn't meditate every day. Right. And do you get up and do that? Because I get up every morning, as you know, and I pray every morning. Um, I get up and I do it probably within an hour of getting up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's only 10 minutes. Sometimes it's right. 30 minutes. But it just Centered. brings your body and your mind into a, a calmer place where you can walk through other people's stress and drama and fear and pain and 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 have it almost bounce off of you. Not that you're not compassionate about it or sensitive to it. Sure. But it's not but you don't have to take it as you. your own. You're not yeah. carrying mm-hmm. it around yeah. and adding it, you know, to your own burden. Excellent point. Well, I think it's it's pretty obvious that we've got to be in a good place for us to be able to take care of our animals, whether in we're, we're in Wellington or we're just doing our daily thing is what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Also, they have a bi-monthly newsletter, which is jam-packed with nutrition information. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we'd love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snake. And howl at the moon. (laughs) 